So we've mentioned value scale, and uh, as Mises writes in Human Action, every action is always in perfect agreement with a scale of values or wants. It's because these scales are nothing but an instrument for the interpretation of a man's acting. So let's apply that. Let's apply that to the people that are refusing to wear masks based on principle. I want to specify this. Not refusing to wear masks simply because they belong to a group or a party where it is cool not to wear masks, or because they align themselves with some personality where they are ridiculing people who wear masks, um, not because of some identity, you know, some allegiance to a group or an individual or whatever it may be. Not those people. The people who are not wearing masks based on doing countless hours of research, reading, watching, trying to seek truth about this virus, trying to seek truth about the effects of the lockdowns, of our reactions to this virus, uh, truths about the deaths, truths about the cases, truths about the effects of the lockdowns, truths about the effects in different states, how different states have handled them differently, different countries, how they have handled them differently, looking at data as objectively as possible, looking at what scientists say, scientists in the CDC and the WHO and at universities such as Yale and Harvard and at other places and around the world, objectively trying to find out what's going on. Um, because there are many, myself included, who at the very beginning of this were very frightened of this virus. And again, it, it stemmed from objectively trying to get at what is really going on. Back in January, when the media was laughing it off here in the United States, when certain members of the political class were laughing it off and calling those who were worried about it xenophobic or racist or whatever it may be, I was very worried early, mid-January, because I was digging as deeply as I could trying to find, not from any major media source, but from individuals inside of China, what was really going on. And those images were striking. Whether or not those images were real and uh, the virus you know, mutated and changed, as all viruses do many, many times over, I mean, that's, that's wholly believable. That, that should be the default. Whether or not some of those images were somehow fabricated, I, I, just, I don't believe that's necessarily the case. I haven't seen any evidence of that. But, you know, the images of, of people falling over in the streets, whether they were dead or unconscious, unknown, um, the, the trucks spraying entire cities with disinfectant, the apartment buildings being boarded up, I mean, I mean nailed shut so that people could not get out, the rules that they put in place of one family member being able to shop once every five or seven days, the images of people using pulleys to get food up to, um, you know, high-level apartments. Really striking images. So you're over here, and you're not listening to what all the biased people say, and you're trying to dig deep and find some real information, and you're thinking, gee, this might be the big one. <laughs> um, and, and that was me. And that, I think that was a lot of people. And that was a lot of people who now are saying, 
absolutely not. This is not the big one. And here's why, because we never stopped looking for objective truth as much as we could find, as clear as we could find from whatever source we could find it from. doesn't matter who's saying it, you know, because we just want the truth. There's no, um, there's no identity in how I feel about this virus. I don't need to feel a certain way because I a, belong to some group. I belong to some party. I support some person for a public office. Um, you know, I, I have this next to my name or that or whatever it may be. You know, again, ways in which identity blinds us. There's a, there's a lot to be said about that, but staying focused here. So now, even though I was one of those people saying, oh, this could be the big one, I'm now saying something different. These are the people that I'm talking about who have done a great amount of research to try to find objective truth about this virus. And because they have come to some conclusion, they're not wearing masks. They're encouraging others not to. They point to the fact that the WHO suggests not wearing a mask unless you are showing symptoms. They point to studies that show masks having very little effect. And in fact, masks being either the wrong kind of masks or being worn incorrectly can actually exacerbate the problem, can be breeding grounds for virus. Point to the fact uh, of very clear data from around the world from any given state that shows when mask mandates went into effect and the effect afterward when it comes to cases and deaths and that there's no effect. Uh, if anything, again, if you could point to it and, and maybe biasly say, oh, look, masks made it worse. I'm, I'm not certainly not going to say that. There are so many variables. People can say, well, people just didn't listen. But there, there are a couple other data points that you, you can look at. You, you can look at, you know, there is data out there of how much people did listen, how, how much people did actually wear masks. You know, there are surveys out there and other things. There's also, when it comes to lockdowns and people moving around, there's Google Analytics for, you know, when it comes to mobility. So th there is information out there to be able to look at these charts, this data, and say, ooh, this really hasn't done anything, hasn't done anything helpful. Okay, so those are the people that I'm talking about versus the people that are yelling at you, wear your damn mask. You know, why don't you have a mask on? Wear your mask, it's just a mask. Whatever it may be, people going out of their way. You know, I'm not talking about the people that are wearing a mask because they're concerned for their health. Maybe they have an underlying condition or just generally. They're just concerned for their health. They're wearing a mask. They feel comfortable doing that. Great. Or the people who generally, because of the information that they've gathered, whether a little or a lot, have decided that they should wear a mask for the benefit of other people to protect them. Great. Wonderful. Nothing wrong with it. I advocate for not wearing a mask in order to, as I've stated before, stand up for the millions of people being so negatively affected by this lockdown. I don't need to go through all those statistics again. You can, you can find it in other posts and blogs. It, it's just, it's devastating, and I advocate for not wearing a mask because um, we need to ultimately create change socially to get people talking, to get people to realize how devastating this is for so many people, the tens of thousands of excess deaths, the suicides, uh, although there's, there's conflicting data about that, so uh, we'll leave that one alone, but um, the predictions from the UN and, and UNICEF and the World Bank about the excess poverty and starvation uh, in the 
world of those who are the least well off, the, the livelihoods that are being lost in jobs, all of this I could repeat 20 times over. But getting back to, let's look at the value scale of individuals who are yelling at you, put on your damn mask, and individuals like myself that are not wearing a mask as kind of a, a conscious objection because we need to, in my opinion, listen to the science, look at the data, look unbiasedly, as objectively as possible, and make the best decision for individuals because it's not just about the virus. You know, when you're, when you're talking about making public policy decisions, it's not just about how do we make it so that not a single person dies of this virus? That's insane. That's never been done before. It's never been tried before. In fact, lockdowns have never been tried before. This is completely novel. It's just not anywhere near realistic to have that as one's goal. Again, it was 15 days to slow the spread so the hospital systems weren't overwhelmed. The hospital systems were never overwhelmed. They're not going to be overwhelmed now. We've learned how to take care of it. We've learned how to treat it. We were putting people on ven ventilators. That was a huge mistake. We learned that. We changed that. The amount of people that are going into uh, hospitals and then to ICUs and then dying, I mean, has fallen so dramatically, you know, because we've learned information as we've gone on. It was a novel virus. This is all expected. This isn't, this isn't strange. This happens, you know, all the time when it comes to novel disease, virus, whatever it may be. So, the value scale. What is on top of the value scale when it comes to people like myself who are not wearing a mask? On top of that value scale is truth, is the best public policy decision uh, with regard to deaths for individuals worldwide, it come, uh, what's on top of that value system and that value scale is care for your fellow man, care for the individuals who are being you know, um, uh, kicked out of their jobs, having their businesses closed that they worked decades to build, losing their livelihoods, uh, their incomes for their families that put food on the table, uh, the increase of stress that occurs. Um, on top of that value scale is care for the least fortunate among us around the entire globe that are being pushed even deeper into poverty at risk of starvation by the millions. You know, the 1.4 million in excess tuberculosis deaths that, that are predicted, you know, however many, 300, I think 84 or something thousand, somewhere around there, excess malaria deaths. These are the people least off. So at the top of my value scale, is care for those people because I want this to end so that those people are not hurt by our public policy. You see, we, especially in the Western world, but we in developed countries, for the most part, relatively, we can weather the storm. There's still untold destruction, untold destruction. The jobs lost, the years of schooling lost or, or months of schooling lost, depending on the data point. So with regard to our kids, the psychological toll, toll on our mental health, you know, again, the actual lives lost through missed cancer screenings, excess deaths of diabetes, dementia, heart disease, suicides, potentially, you know, drug overdoses, all of these things. These are very real. These are real lives being lost and being ruined 
being damaged. But, relatively, we can weather it pretty well. The undeveloped world, or the developing world, is getting absolutely crushed. These are the people who can weather it much less as well as we can. And, and the people on the left, these are, should be the people that you care about the most. It's cognitive dissonance. These are the people that you supposedly care about the most. The problem is, one of the problems, is that you don't even see them. Because you're not looking at the data. You're not looking at these reports. And one of the reasons that some people on the left are not doing that maybe because they know that it challenges their position. And that position has become an identity. And when it becomes an identity, we blind ourselves, we don't allow challenge, because now it's us who's being challenged. We don't like admitting that we're wrong, even though admitting that you're wrong and being wrong is one of the greatest things in the world. Because you'll, if you learn something new, and you won't be wrong about that again, unless something else changes. I mean, it literally is just an utter blessing to find out that you're wrong about something. But that's not how most people look at it. And so it's an identity. So that brings us to the wear your damn mask people. What is at the top of their value scale? They have convinced themselves that at the top of their value scale are people who can die of COVID. That's it. It's people who could die of COVID. And they listen to any number that's given to them, 200,000, whatever deaths, however many cases, cases climbing, all, the, all these things, without looking into it, without looking into the PCR testing and the fact that 50% could be false positives, as warned by the person who invented it, not, you know, not looking at, at, at deaths and the fact that so many were misclassified, looking at the huge percentage of which were either A, in a nursing home, or B, people who were in the healthcare profession who were getting um, hit so hard in the beginning. Again, not from being, you know, the, the hospital system was never overstretched. You know, all those ships that we brought in and, and those makeshift hospitals, not a bed was used, but we didn't know how to treat it in the beginning. And we were causing the environment in the hospitals to exacerbate the problem. And I believe it was in Colorado, I, I saw now, this is a, a data point that I need to uh, look back at, but it was something like 95% of deaths were in the healthcare profession. That really tells you something. Anyway, the wear your damn mask crowd believes that at the top of their value scale are the people that could die of COVID and they are doing the right thing. You are not doing the right thing. So you're evil, wear your damn mask. But that's not the case at all. There are people who do have, again, those people in mind, first and foremost, they don't want to harm any other people. Those people are not in this category. The wear your damn mask crowd that is yelling at you has at the top of their value scale their self-righteousness, their identity. They're doing the right thing. They're on the right side. You're wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. You're irresponsible. You're killing people, whatever it may be. That is bred from identifying with the position. So you, you could have maybe somebody who, in, in other categories at other times, has, has looked at things objectively, but 
you have a person that back in March, back in April, back in May, when this really became politicized, and magically, because everything becomes politicized, it was the right doesn't care about COVID, doesn't want to wear masks, uh, thinks freedom and liberty are more important than saving lives, and the left uh, cares about COVID, cares about everyone dying, cares, it listens to science, haha, and so are going to wear your mask and remind you that it's the right thing to do. And on both sides, if you identify with one of those positions in the beginning, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong because we should never identify with the position. We can't get sucked into the fact, especially nowadays, when every single thing becomes political, that means almost everything we touch, there is a threat of us getting sucked in to identifying with something which has dire consequences. In this case, individual identifies with whether or not it's because they're a Democrat or they're on the left or they support Joe Biden or they hate Trump or a anything along those lines, anything along the dividing lines here, whether it's science, whatever. They identify with the position that COVID is horrible, Trump is doing horribly with regard to handling it, Anybody who's, who, who delegitimizes the efforts of the, of the brave scientists and healthcare workers or anyone who minimizes the impact of this virus and the threat are knuckle-dragging Neanderthal, um, you know, selfish, selfish people. And I am on the right side doing the right thing. Wear a mask. It's the right thing to do. You identify with that position and what happens. Then comes July and August and September, and October, and November, and now we're getting into, uh, you know, the second wave coming of December. I mean, this isn't going to go away just because Biden was elected. It's not going to go away. In some ways, they, I mean, they already, like, I believe it was today when someone, or yesterday, someone came out and said, um, praise Joe Biden, he came up with a vaccine, uh, which is just, I mean, it's, my goodness, people, how... How ridiculous. I mean, how political are you? How sad. Um, no, Joe Biden didn't do anything to come up with the vaccine that's been worked on for months, and then only just the data and news were released today, just a day after the election. That's not how that works. I don't care whose side you're on. I don't care how much you support Biden. Please, for the love of goodness, don't be that obtuse. Anyway, so, and all through winter and however long this goes on, You've identified with this position, and what has it led to? Anytime that somebody challenges it because it's a part of your identity, you reject it completely. And we're, li we're living beyond a world of reason. We're living beyond a world of facts that just don't matter anymore. And a huge part of that is identity, is ego. A huge part of it is the fact that how we make decisions how we act, how we speak, all of it is, is based on identity. And there are those in our society that are pressing forward in that identity is the most important thing. And it's the exact opposite direction that we need to be going in. Because identity does nothing but blinds us. So you have grabbed hold of a position, you've identified with it, and now somebody presents you with a data point, you know, just, just nice, calmly, 
um, says, hey, consider this, or hey, I found this out. What do you think? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. And you wholeheartedly and immediately reject it. Why? Because it's a challenge to who you are now because you identified with that position. It doesn't matter what side you're on. It goes for both sides. But as far as comparing the individuals who are objectively looking at this and saying, I am not going to participate in this because it's killing people, and those individuals that are yelling at you, it's about them. It's not about saving people with COVID or from getting COVID, from dying from COVID. It's about them. It's about them being right versus wrong, because that's what identity does. It creates an us versus them. There doesn't have to be an us versus them. It doesn't have to be. You can live outside of that world, um, but you have to choose to, and you have to try. It has to be a very conscious effort, because it's not easy, especially if you have been living in an us versus them world for years. The good news about the brain is that it can take you know, you, you can go decades behaving a certain way. You can put pathways down that are deep, but it only takes a few days of practice or a few weeks to reroute that pathway. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. We need to make friends with it. So it's self-righteousness. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm on the right side of history. You're not. I'm selfless and you're selfish, even though the exact opposite is true. And it all stems from identifying with a side, with the position, with the group. That's what it stems from. And so you, you look at the scale of values. And so, I don't know, you're probably not out there, but if you're somebody listening who hasn't looked, like really looked into things in a long time, who just listens to, maybe you consider yourself to be informed because unlike your friends who just watch a, a certain show or maybe the sports, you listen to the news. You know, you watch the news. You care about what's going on. You care about uh, cultural events. You care about what's going on politically. You're engaged. Good for you. However, if that's all you're doing, and probably along the, you know, the way you are just, Loving the confirmation bias. Maybe you're listening to folks who, whether they're on the news or influencers and social media, whatever it may be, you know, prescribe to your same position. Maybe you're on your sa same team or side and you continue to get that confirmation bias. If you haven't looked into things objectively in a long time, a lot has changed. A lot has changed in our understanding of things since March, since April, since May, since June. And if you want to be selfless, you'll look into those things because there are millions of people being harmed right now. If you want to be on the right side, quote unquote, you'll look into those things because there are millions of people being harmed right now. If you want to be compassionate, you'll look into those things because there are millions of people being harmed right now. Shed any identity that you have. Do a check. Do an identity check. Have I identified with this position? Do I consider myself on this team, on this side, 
is, is this making me feel uncomfortable? If I see somebody who says something that I don't agree with, who doesn't, th th something that doesn't line up with my position, do I immediately write them off? Do I immediately chastise them? Or do I simply immediately ignore them? That's a problem. Those things are problems. If they describe you in any way, if you can remember an instant like that in, in the recent past, it's time for an identity check. Have you blinded yourself? And ultimately, if you find that you have, check your scale of values. Because if, if you find that you have, and you check your scale of values, and simply being right and, and having a very dogmatic position, and feeling that you're right and others are wrong is at the top, well, keep going. I'm not going to tell you how to run your life or, or what your values should be. But if at the top of your scale of values is care for other people, doing no harm, compassion for the least fortunate, then it's time to check into things. Things have changed. Information is out there. It is everywhere. And it is very clear. I don't mean to sound, when I say it's very clear, it might not be clear at first. It takes time. That's not to demean anyone who might be confused by it. It's not to say I'm smarter than anyone else because there's certainly many people who are smarter than me on both sides. But when you, when you do some, some digging, it becomes clear the damage we're doing. So check your scale of values. Do not let identity if it has already, continue to blind you, continue to dictate your positions, continue to dictate how you treat others, how you think of others, continue to dictate your life. Become identity-free. Become independent.